Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What were you doing when football, energy drinks, beer, more football? Welcome to Bink at Night. Welcome in. This is Bink at Night here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Ocero filling in for Bink, who you heard this morning on Fresco in the Morning, filling in for the guys who are out of town. I am joined by my guy, Dusty Likens, Dirty Werewolf, as we call him, though I, he's pretty clean shaven now. I'm not clean shaven. You're pretty, you're pretty clean. I got clean. a full beard. Do you? Yeah. Full I know, beard I mustache. I, I, I guess it, Kelsey. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're much better than Kelsey right now. Kelsey I told you about that. Like, or maybe I didn't tell you that I was, I came in and helped uh cert out one day. We did yeah. like a show. I think it was like a Sunday morning. And I came in clean shaven. Oh, like I remember that. Bare face. Oh, I remember that. And he was like, why do you not have any hair on your face? And I was like, I just decided, you know, every winter and every spring, I'll shave my face so it grows back better. And uh, I told him a story that my girlfriend was like legitimately pissed. Like she, I sent her a picture of my shaven face and she's like, is that a filter? Yeah. And I was like, no, it's like legit. My, I shaved my face. She's like, well, how long does it take to grow back? Like there was no like, oh, you look great. You look yeah. different. You look, you know, whatever. It was like, bring it back ASAP. So yeah, this is we're we're here. We're, I asked I, I asked you if you had like a, a job interview or something that you were going to because it didn't look like it didn't re- look right on you at all. And it, it's like the same yeah. for me. I haven't been clean shaven in like twelve years, so I think I'd look really weird without it. So I, I yeah I, I I agree with your girlfriend. It, it probably isn't you. Plus it, I've, not me. I spent too much time with this man. Like I'm not a guy that's very hairy, so yeah. it took me like like my beard grew all in like trashy at first. Like it didn't grow around the jawline, oh, and yeah. then it grew really thick on my chin and then you know all of a sudden you do something for so long and people just see you as that they don't see you as this like the like when Travis Kelly shaved his beard he looked like a legit suburban dad oh yeah yeah he like looked, he lost the swaggy tied in yeah, look he, he just looks, looks like a suburban dad that's getting ready to go watch his son play he soccer he looks like he gained a few years in age you and know? a like, little weight yeah <laughs> you always look fatter with <laughs> no hair yeah which is like, weird legit which is i'll tell you this there's one guy that does it anthony anderson you ever seen his that's beard? fair yeah his face still looks fat he's still he's gonna be a, he's always he just has a round head yeah he just got a round head so even with the beard it just looks weird blackish is such a good show though. it is a good show so big at night uh, we're going to be on till 9 p.m. tonight. Uh, Chiefs are going to be playing at 7 o'clock against the Cards. Uh, you can listen to that game on our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf. Mitch Holtis, Dana Hughes got you covered. We're also going to be keeping you updated on what is going on in that game as well. Uh, I don't know about you, Dusty. I am I'm not excited for tonight's game, but I am really interested to see how a lot of these position battles are going to be going on tonight. Uh, certainly, we're going to kind of see more of the Rimmers, Lucas Niang battle. Uh, we're going to see more of that safety battle there with Thornhill and Sorensen for that starting spot. 
uh, more battles going on in that rotation for the corners. We're going to see some of these guys in on the pass rush. Uh, I think the most interesting one for me anyways is the Niang and Rimmers just because that could mean we could see three rookies. I know I know Niang's second year, but he didn't play last year, so he might as he's de facto rookie. We could see three rookies starting on the offensive line this year, something that uh, I don't think anybody anticipated would happen go, going into the offseason. Which camp battle do you think, or now post-camp battle, but as we get into the, the second game of the preseason, which battle do you think is going to be most interesting for you? I think, I mean, it, for one, being at camp and like seeing these guys kind of in person, you know, you you look at the at the the line and you see the the argument of who can play what. I like that look, and and to kind of piggyback on your topic there, like in these preseason games, I'm for one the one thing I watch is Chris Jones on the edge, just yes. because like I see it, I believe it, I hear about it. Obviously, it should be that way, and like to watch him transition and to see how quick he can be on the outside is one thing I watch. Um, another battle I like is like who's going to win that RB three spot because. A lot of times we've seen, I told Binkley, I, I mean, there's a strong possibility that Darwin Thompson's not on this team. And that's a that's something that I like to watch. And then, I, you know, there's a battle at receiver, man. Like, you could say it all you want, but, I mean, McCall Hardman's got some, some, some trouble against Byron Pringle when it comes to who's getting more touches because Byron Pringle's not going anywhere. He's on this team for this entire year. And I feel like he's got a little bit more... I don't want to say tenacity or more hunger at that position, but I think when you look at what Byron Pringle brings to the table and you look at what McCole Pardman brings to the table, McCole Hardman just has that God-given speed that's just never going to go in a slump. That's never going anywhere. But, like, it seems that right now it's almost like you could trust Pringle's hands more than you could trust McCole Hardman's. So that's what I'm looking at. And then, obviously, the the, knee, the right tackle position because there's still another guy that's not even played a down yet, and that's, that's Mr. Long who's still on the injury report. But, I mean – there's battles to be won on that offensive line for sure. Yeah, and it, it, it could be really crazy because uh, I, I think everybody who was like in the know was talking about Trey Smith a lot after yeah. they drafted him on the third day. And like, I, I mean, I remember looking at the Casey draft guide from the guys at uh, Kansas City Sports Network, uh, uh, Kent and all those guys. And I just remember like seeing Trey Smith, just like that guy was popping out and you read his story, his backstory. And like, it's a, it's a really interesting one, five-star talent going into Tennessee. And then, uh, you know, he has the, the issues of blood clots and whatnot. And to see the kind of value the Chiefs could have in him, where he could be kind of like what, what Canadian Doctor was, where I, I believe Canadian Doctor was a six-round pick as well in 2014, just out of nowhere, not a guy you expect to even make the team being drafted as late as he was in 2014. And all of a sudden, he just is able to win a starting spot and becomes one of the, the solid foundation guys of your interior O-line. It could be really interesting to see what happens there with Trey Smith. So, yeah, I, I, I do like where that is going as well. And, and certainly with the Kyle Long situation, should he come back at some point early in the season, you kind of wonder if he's going to be able to get time on the field if Trey Smith continues. Because Trey Smith seems like he's getting a lot more confidence and the team looks like they're getting a lot more confidence in him. What's crazy, too, is Mitch Holtis joined us, uh, Bink and I, for a show. And he, I mean, I'm not even kidding you. He compared him to Brian Waters. Wow. And Will Shields. Like he was like, wow. when this guy's on the field, he said he's a lot like Will Shields because he said on the field, he'll rip your face off. 
and he'll like push you down and he'll give you that like, look, man, like I'm stronger than you and I know it and so do you. And then when he gets off the field, he's super like businessman, like super nice, soft spoken, like, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. You know, Trey Smith, how you how you doing? Good to meet you, blah, blah, blah. But then on the field, it's a whole nother ball game. And that guy, like you said, value is like the thing. I think when it's all said and done and Brett Beach has carved his name in stone in that ring of honor at some point in his life. When it's all said and done, that's going to be the narrative that fits Brett Veach's life is that he has always been a man that finds value. Like Brett Veach is the, is the perfect example of like a thrift store shopper. Like you'll see him wearing like a fly. You see a guy wear like a fly sweatshirt and you're like, man, where'd you get that? Like, you know, you go Macy's, you go online, where is thrift store, $4. You're like, damn, there's a lot of value in that. I would wear that consistently throughout my life. That's how Brett Veach is. Like you look at Legereus Sneed. There's a lot of talk that Legereus Sneed could be a Pro Bowl cornerback this year. Value. You look at many players that he's drafted, and you look at where they are. You can say what you want about Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is a late draft pick, and he's going to be a possible top wide receiver in the NFL this year. I think Tyreek Hill will have an even better year than he had last year. Charverius Ward is another example of someone they've gotten good value. Bashad Breeland, they got good value out of him for almost nothing in in his two years here. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens with Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes could be another guy like that. They found a lot of value in there uh, in, in, in the in the draft and just off of free agency, signing guys like one-year deals. It's actually really, really impressive. And, and Trey Smith could be another notch in the belt of uh, Brett Veach as far as finding that great value. I do want to get into um, kind of like one of the big topics you're going to hear people talk about this year. It was a, it, it was kind of overstated a little bit earlier this summer uh, when Patrick Mahomes was interviewed and talked about how he wants the Chiefs to go twenty and zero. That's his big goal this year. Obviously, that you know that means that it's going to be even more difficult now with the with the seventeen game regular season schedule. So it was a it was a big talking point on on sports talk radio earlier in the summer, and. We all know, like, you know, Dusty, I know, listeners know, that's not realistic. Like, it's incredibly unrealistic. If there's a team that could do it, it's the Chiefs. But it's incredibly unrealistic. We just know with so many games and with uh, how the, the season goes along, you don't know what can happen game to game, week to week. I mean, we just, we've seen it in practice in, in training camp. Uh, the the offense will be, we already know they're the best offense in the NFL, but sometimes in camp, they'll have bad days. You know, uh, Eric B had a stretch his first two times where he talked at press conferences at camp offense had a bad day. And, you know, he was out there, you know, Oh, it's okay. You know, we got to correct mistakes, you know, whatnot, you know, coach speak, but you know, they have bad days and it's going to happen. And, and, you know, especially when you're trying not to show too much, when you've got crowds there, you're trying to work on new things. I mean, we saw that with the offensive line, uh, Orlando Brown jr. Was working on things in one-on-ones and he was getting worked by some of those guys because he's working on new techniques and whatnot. So you're going to have bad days at the office. We saw them have it last year against the Raiders at home, nonetheless. Uh, But I don't feel like the mindset, because some people in the media were trying to talk about how having this mindset of going 20-0 could be bad for them because it puts too much pressure on them. And I feel like if this were any other team, I would agree with that. If we were talking about a team like the Bills, doesn't have a whole lot of uh, a lot of experience being in the position where they are one of the elite teams in their conference and a, a potential championship contender. Yeah, okay, you know, I, I can buy that. But the Chiefs seem like a team 
that is perfect for this kind of pressure, perfect for the, this kind of pursuit, even if it's unrealistic. Because, you know, one of the things, and I know you've talked about it a lot, uh, like The Last Dance, that amazing documentary series about the Bulls last summer. Uh, the biggest thing we got away from that team is how irrational they were about winning, about how irrational Michael Jordan was about being great. And you kind of look at this Chiefs team, and you're kind of seeing that just a tad bit. Obviously, you know, there, there's a, some embarrassment from having lost the Super Bowl and having lost the Super Bowl in the fashion that you did. But one of the things that I find the most interesting about this Chiefs team is the narrative they've kind of been talking about, about how they are uh, very, like, you could, they sound like a team that hasn't won anything the way they talk. You know, the, the way that Patrick Mahomes talks, he's not satisfied with the, the accomplishments that he has now. Or right now we can debate whether or not he's a Hall of Famer. I think he is, but, you know, certainly people out there in the media, fans and, and whatnot, have debated whether or not he's a Hall of Famer right now. But the irrationality of the expectations that these guys have, expecting to go 20-0. I mean, you hear guys say it all the time. You know, you're going to hear Detroit Lions say it. You're going to hear the Atlanta Falcons say it. That that doesn't mean they believe it, but they're going to say it because, you know, that's just player speak. But when I hear the Chiefs talk about 20-0, I feel like they believe they can go 20-0, like legit. Not like if things go right, they go 20-0. I feel like they really feel like they can go 20-0 if they play their game. And it's just really kind of crazy to think about just how kind of irrational this team is, and yet you can still believe in in that narrative with them. And that, to me, is probably the most encouraging thing going into this 2021 season. Yeah, I think when you look at this team, and I know we got to fight up against a break, but I think when you look at this team and you talk about the things, all the points you bring up, This year's just going to be different. And I'm not saying that they're officially at the heel turn yet. I think they're still like one major big famous player away from doing that. Like (laughs) like Golden State did as we always like to compare them to that. So I think the Chiefs are still a face of the league. I think there's still a lot of people that are grasping to the fun and the activity that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Not everybody hates Tyreek Hill. Not everybody hates Travis Kelsey. Oh, no, people hate Tyreek. A lot of people hate Tyreek. Players, though. It's not like. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What I'm saying is like everyone in that. When you think of the Chiefs, you're not like, man, this team's annoying. If this team goes 17 and 0 and they just wax the league and yes. get back to a Super Bowl for a third straight year, then you're hated. Then you become that heel, you become that Hogan at Bash of the Beach. But like you said, like this team is the type of team that like when they look at it, you look at everybody else in the NFL. It's can we compete with the Chiefs? Can we compete with the Chiefs? When you think about what the Chiefs do, you look at it and you say can they get back to the Super Bowl? It's not, well can they beat Buffalo again? Can they beat Cleveland who's still supposed to be the team this year? Can they beat the Ravens? None of that matters because it's when it comes to the Chiefs, it's how can they get to the Chargers stadium and play a Super Bowl in that stadium this year? And that's where they're at. So it's like 17 and 0 could just gradually fall in their lap. Will it happen? I don't know. They made 14 and 2 look very easy last year because one of the games they punted away. But what I'm saying is this is the type of thing that when people think about 17 and 0, the Chiefs are a type of team that it would blink and be like, holy smokes, we're 16 and 0 going in the last week of the season. We're so focused on the Super Bowl and getting back because we were embarrassed that we just want to go back and win another ring because of the window of a dynasty is so small in the NFL. Obviously, 15 will bring a bigger window than most franchises. But I'm like you, man. I think that if it could happen with any team, I know it might sound biased or homerish because we're in this city that this team plays in. Yeah. But, I mean, this is the type of team, when you look at it, they have the best tight end in the league. They arguably have the best wide receiver in the league. They have the best quarterback in the league, and their running back is a second-year running back who could have a potential breakout year. And, oh, by the way, 
they pad it up up front so they have a bunch of protection. And here's the thing is, I think if they were in that in that spot, let's say they're sixteen and zero, meaningless week seven, week uh, week eighteen. Big game. Andy let him play. Andy lets him play. You think so? I think he does. Maybe Andy's a half. The, Andy, I think he lets him play until they get a comfortable lead. Who is week seventeen this year? I'd have to look that up. It's not Green is Bay. The Chargers. Is it? It's, it's usually, always a division. It's game, usually right? a division game. So I think it's the Chargers. Is Chargers or Broncos? I'm pretty sure it's the Chargers because it's been the Chargers like. Most of the most of Andy Reid's time and with the with the uh, with the Chiefs, it's the Chargers usually. Uh, I, I I absolutely think he does let him play if they're sixteen and zero and they're going for that historic seventeen and zero. Is the Broncos okay at at Denver? At Denver, so that's yeah. a snow game for sure. January eighteenth. I'm maybe, sorry, I mean, maybe it's a cold. January ninth. It, it might be just a cold game, but he lets him play for sure. He's absolutely going to let him play if they're sixteen and zero. If they're not, if they got a loss, he's not going to do it. But Look, you you don't get very many opportunities to go undefeated during the regular season. Belichick let his guys do it, even though they were playing for nothing. I think I think Andy Reid would do it if they were in that position. Otherwise, yeah, uh, what is it? Anything is possible. I hate Ugh. I hate sports plans. I really do. I like that one. I hate sports plans, but yeah, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Coming up next, I tell you why there are no bad guys in the Tyron Matthew contract situation. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Bank at Night. 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Chris Inocero, Dusty Likens filling in for the guy, for for the big guy here. And uh, Jay Binkley, who did Fesco in the morning. Chiefs game here, about 39 minutes away, 38 minutes away from starting. We'll keep you updated. You can listen to the game on our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf. Mitch Holtis, Dana Hughes, got you covered there as Chiefs take on the Cardinals. Second preseason game of the year. Uh, Andy Reid says that the starters are going to play, could play up to the, the the first half. I do not believe that they are going to go past the first quarter. I think probably two or three series. I, I think that's it. Why do we do this every year? Yeah. Every so many year. people take this bait. And there's been yeah, people, and I'm not going to call anybody out, <laughs> that are in this local media that antagonize this. And they're yes. like, Andy Reid says starters are going to play the first half. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not going to, and they shouldn't. No, Just they shouldn't. enjoy the first series, and that's all you need. They're one. Okay, real quick. They're not going to show you anything. They're not going to give up <laughs> anything, and they're not going to play a full first half. So just enjoy the first two drives because that's about all you're going to get. Yeah, I think two or three drives max. People were pissed because, like, they the the last play that they that they had was the McCall Hardman drop uh, in the first quarter, and then after that. Chad Hindy's on the field, and everyone's like, well, "You're not gonna give, you're not gonna give McCall a chance to redeem himself." I was like, "Dude, McCall has dropped a lot of passes in his career. Not only, not, in, I mean, not very many in in games, though he's dropped a few, but certainly in practice too. I mean, he doesn't need to go out here and and do take a useless rep in a game that doesn't mean anything. He'll be just fine. He doesn't need a confidence booster by catching a pass in a meaningless game and potentially getting hurt. He'll be just fine. He's not that fragile of an ego guy to where he." needs a, a pick me up in August from a, a drop pass in the first preseason game. So uh, I, I look, people are probably going to be up in arms if they don't play most of the first half. I guess, like I said, two, 
two drives, maybe three, but I think whatever comes first, whether it be the end of the first quarter or the end of the second drive, I think that's it. Like, I, I seriously don't expect them to go out there and play these guys very much. I mean, if they lace it up and score on their first two drives, that you know, what else do you want to see? If they, I think, I, I, you know what? If they have, like, a really good first drive, like, the script goes perfectly, mm-hmm. I think they take them out after that first drive. Like, a really right. good first drive, like, everything, like, you know, the, the great Chiefs scripted first drive. If they have that, yeah, gone, out. They're going to take them out. They got good reps, got a good drive in. Let's not show anymore. We we feel we're feeling good. Let's not put anything else on tape. I right. think they're it's very likely that happens. And I'm good with that. Yeah, me too. Me too. So I want to talk about the the Tyron Matthew contract situation. And um certainly as a fan, we kind of understand things from both sides. And as if you are looking at it from the Chiefs perspective, the Kansas City Chiefs want to make sure that they are doing right by Tyron Matthew, but also doing right by the team. Um, and if you look at from Tyron Matthew's side, Tyron Matthew wants to feel appreciated, wants to stay here in Kansas City. He's made every, every, uh, sent every message possible that he's loyal to this organization. Brett Veach, uh, he has been very vocal about this whole contract situation. He was on Sirius XM earlier this week, and he had this to say about the Tyron Matthew contract situation. It's a little bit difficult with the landscape right now of, of you know, having two cap shortened off seasons um, and where we are in regards to um, our off season projections. But um, as I, you know, as we've discussed with, with Tyron and his crew, it's, it's, it's one of those situations that, you know, where we are now will certainly not be where we are once the season ends. And once we correct some of these things, um, when you have, you know, extensions, conversions, trades, moves on, I mean, every team is certainly in a, in a different position now, what their books say as they will be in the off season. And um, uh, we like to think that uh, we're going to find a way to get this done. And he knows we love him and, and we know he wants to be here. And it just, it, it, Right now, for us and for him, I think it's just a timing thing. Um, but you know, there's not a guy um, in this league I respect as much as him um, for the way he goes about his business. And you know, listen, a lot of these guys and a lot of these teams, I think we saw the the franchise uh, tag period come and go, and no one got done. And um, there's been a couple of deals, but a lot of these bigger deals haven't been done for the same reason. Um, different players have it uh, handle it in a different way, and just like you'd expect from Tyron, just complete class. I mean, the, the guy's special. We love him, and we're certainly going to work our tail off to keep him here. The Chiefs do have a lot of uh, good things that they've said about him. And and here's the thing. I think the Chiefs have handled this situation very well. Um, You're not seeing them go out. Like, usually a lot of times in contract situations, sometimes you'll see teams kind of leak out, quote-unquote leak out uh, information that kind of damages or attempt to damage the reputation of a player or damage their value or whatnot so they can kind of get the perception out and and get the fans on their side. Chiefs aren't doing that. Chiefs are saying everything right. They love the guy. Um, every message that they've sent is that he's valuable to their defense. He's, he, he's, he's important to their culture, important on the field. 
He's a leader, and and certainly they're they're handling things in the right way. And on top of that, if you really look at the business side of this, this is kind of a difficult situation. Obviously, we know what the cap situation is. The Chiefs were kind of scrambling to try to fix their cap because of certain contracts. They had to pay out a lot of big contracts the last couple of years, and they do have some more contracts that are going to be coming up here soon. You're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with your uh, with your uh, starting left tackle in Orlando Brown Jr. You're going to have to see what you're going to do about him. You got to figure out what you're going to figure what you're going to do with Frank Clark. Are you going to cut him? Try to bring him back? Are you going to pay him if he has like a great year? You you don't know. I mean, there's a lot of questions that have to be asked about this team, and because of that, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to go out here and commit a big number without knowing what the cap's going to be, knowing what they're going to be able to do with other positions, knowing what other moves they're going to need to make. So I'm not going to vilify the Chiefs for making sure they 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 do all of their uh, research and try to negotiate the best possible deal that they can get. At the same time, I do feel for Tyron because Tyron in his career has experienced a lot of rejection from teams that he was on. We obviously know what happened at LSU and obviously some of that was his fault with him not following through team rules with his marijuana suspensions. He gets to the NFL though, and he plays for the Cardinals has some injury issues, signs a big contract anyways. And then a couple of years after he signs that contract, they're like, you need to take a pay cut. He says, no, they cut him. And then he goes one year to Houston you know, doesn't really get that big offer that he was hoping for, that commitment he was hoping for. And after that year, doesn't get anything from that team, even though he liked playing for him. Chose to come to Kansas City because he felt like they appreciate him the best and they gave him the best chance to win. And he's given everything he can to this team. He's embraced the community. He's played his heart out. He has not had the injury issues that he had previously. And on top of that, this offseason, some guys can hold out. Some guys can go out here. And, and certainly the holdout rules are kind of different now because of the, the CBA and whatnot. And, you know, guys can uh, – guys are, are – they can get fined like – what is it, $50,000, I think, if you miss a camp day. So a lot of guys really aren't, aren't motivated to do it. Uh, he could just, you know, say, oh, my hamstrings are, are hurting and whatnot and not practice. But – Every single day of practice, he was one of, if not the first person out there on the field at training camp. He's out there being vocal. You see him on Twitter, and he's sending every message that he wants to be on this team. Uh, whenever he does any sort of media, he talks about how he wants to be here. He wants to help these guys learn. Every time he's mic'd up, you hear him encouraging all the guys around him. This is a guy that is, he really sets the standard for how you want a player to lead your team. We know that he's a very vocal leader. We know that he's been one of the guys that helped change the culture of the defense. And all the taking all these things into account, it's really hard to not root for a guy like Tyron Matthew to go out there and get that commitment. Obviously, like, you know, his age is certainly something that could play a factor as he's in his late 20s and you have to wonder, okay, how much, how many years do you want to commit to him? How much guaranteed money do you want to commit to him? There's certainly those factors there. But Tyron Matthews, a guy that you really want to, you really want to see go out and get treated with the kind of loyalty and love that he show, he's shown this organization. So because of that, 
you, those those two diverging sides there, I cannot find a bad guy in this contract situation, even though it's unfortunate that we're in this situation so close to the regular season. I think it's just one of those things that makes sense, right? I mean, it just it's one that we want to see get done from media, from yeah. a fan base, because he has kind of taken over that role as the leader on the defense. Like, he's the new Eric Berry for those people that were, you know, tuned into 29. That's just who he is, man. He's just that leader. He does the landlord. He's the honey badger. When he got signed, he was the missing piece on that defense. He makes everybody around him better. And I think the thing is, is that maybe, you know, guys like me who projected that this would happen probably right before camp started. Now it's just one of those things where it's going to happen, you think? And it's just those things that we have to just sit back and wait for it to happen because it's not affecting him. He's not sitting out, like you said. He's showing up every day, first man on the job, last guy to leave. He's still going to play. The the feeling is mutual. There's not, you know, people taking this, taking that. There's things that he tweets that some people might take out of context. But, look, the deal is he knows that his career is about to be over. He wants one more bag before he heads out. His best case of winning another Super Bowl is here. So there's nowhere else he'd rather be. Even if somebody were to be like, hey, we'll give you a ton of money to come play here, it's going to have to be somebody who's a serious contender, and his best chance is right here in Kansas City. If there's one thing we know, Brett Veach always makes it work. Yeah, and that's the and, and that's the thing that kind of worries me a bit as a fan because, like, usually he makes this work, but, like, is this going to be the time that Veach can't make it work because a contract's coming up? Like, that's the thing that kind of scares me about this situation. Like, I, I don't think either of us would be surprised if, you know, they were in a situation where they had to franchise him, and then maybe things could get messy. Hopefully that's not the case. Uh, as certainly, especially as he's he's 29 years old right now, like you kind of just want to go out there and get something done with him so that he can get that last bag before he before he's finished with his career. But, you know, at, at the same time, like we have to kind of be realists about this situation, and take into account that that's certainly possible, especially when you have the Orlando Brown Jr. contract looming and you know that that contract's going to be big. He's at an important position. The Chiefs really value that position and they know that the offensive line is going to be really important to the team's success long term. So, I mean, I... I I, I I certainly am one of those in Veach we trust guys and in Andy we trust guys, but I, I don't think anybody would be shocked if something didn't go the way that they, they had hoped in the negotiations and they end up having to franchise him or, or even let him go. But uh, like I said, it's not a situation where we can look at it and be like, Okay, he messed this up, or 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 Tyron messed. You know, he he asked for too much. There's no villains in this situation. It, it's a situation where you know the the Chiefs are doing their due diligence, trying to get the best deal, and Tyron Matthews trying to collect his his last best paychecks he can before he retires, so he can provide for his family long term. And I don't think anybody can be mad at him for doing that. Coming up next. I tell you why I don't know if I've completely bought into this uh, Arizona Coyotes to Kansas City deal. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. Twenty minutes out from the start of Chiefs Cardinals. 
You can listen to that on Sister Station 106.5 The Wolf. We will have you updated on all the happenings. Tell you how long the ones stay in. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be very long. Maybe the first quarter. I think. I think a couple series probably. Maybe three. If they if they go like three and out in the first two, maybe three. But I think they get one really good drive in. Yeah, they're done. But we got you updated. We'll be here till nine. Chris Unocero, Dusty Likens. I. I'm not 100% sold on this Arizona Coyotes to Kansas City story that we've been getting here. Every It seems like every time a team in the NBA or a team in the NHL has like an arena issue, has an, an issue where they're, have, they're having a problem getting funding for their arena, we always hear about, oh, well, they're going to Kansas City. I mean, we've, we've heard that for like, what, 15 years now? I do not buy this whole, oh, the Coyotes can come to Kansas City and they could be the the new KC Scouts and we'll have an NH team, NHL team here finally. I don't buy it. Like, look, I want to be optimistic about it. And and I'll say this. I can see Patrick Mahomes, our our savior, coming in here and bringing us a an NHL team. He sure is. I mean, he he he's got us Whataburger now. All these Whataburgers. I, I've never had it, so I don't know if it's good or not. But a lot of people seem to like it. So we'll obviously get to get to try it out when they these restaurants open up. Uh, I know he's very much been talking about trying to get a, an NBA team here. He's he's been talking about it for a while now, and I certainly expect to see him at the forefront of this NHL to case NHL to KC talk because he's invested in this city probably more so than any athlete, uh, certainly in my lifetime, but probably ever. I mean, he's really invested in this city, but I just feel like the whole NHL to KC thing, like if, if, if it starts to gain some traction and there starts to be some talk there and you start to see some people in the Coyotes organization that kind of leak out to media. Oh, well, we, we might consider moving to Kansas city among other places. I just don't buy it, man. Like I didn't buy, I like, I, I'll tell you this. I fell for it when the penguins, was it 15 years ago? We're going to, we're talking about moving to the sprint center. I fell for it. Oh man. I don't even like hockey, but I was going to like hockey. If the penguins came here to Kansas city, I was about it, man. I was like, yeah, I can get back in hockey. Cause I, I used to watch it when I was like in first grade back in 96, I used to watch a lot of blues games. I used to watch a lot of Dallas stars games. I was all about it. And, you know, then after a while I started getting other sports and, you know, hockey became a little hard to follow because, you know, you got to get back then you had to have Fox sports net to watch them. And, you know, we got rid of cable, so we couldn't, we didn't have Fox sports net anymore. And now it's like, it's, it's a lot easier to follow. You can get what, it, what is the, what is the package? Like the game pass uh, league pass package. The NHL has like uh center ice or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah something like that where you could just watch your favorite teams or whatever. And like, so it's easier to follow the teams now, but I still haven't got, I've tried for years to get back into hockey and it's been hard for me. But if we got a team here, I would, I would absolutely try again to get back into hockey. I was going to do it back in 2006, 2007, whenever it was when the penguins were flirting with Kansas city, flirting with the sprint center about moving here and, and setting up shop and becoming our NHL franchise. I'm not doing it. I, I I won't believe it until I see it. And I'm just, I'm not going to fall for that anymore. Kansas city fans, sports fans here have, have sold themselves on. If, 
anybody wants to leave whatever city they're in, Kansas City's the spot. I don't believe teams really want to move. There's a lot of hassle behind it. And if they're going to move, they're going to go to a, a large market. Phoenix is a much bigger market than Kansas City is. They got like almost 3 million more people there than they than they do here. I just don't buy this whole Coyotes to Kansas City thing. I'd love it if we got an NHL team, and I would try my damnedest to become a Coyotes fan or whatever the hell they would call the team because I don't know if Kansas City Coyotes is going to work. But I just it's hard for me to buy into the whole uh, NHL is going to come to Kansas City thing. I, I just don't buy it. The factors that build up to it is the fact that there is somewhat of a minor league team that plays in this town. Um, This town is a town that falls in love very quickly with something that is fresh and new. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the Royals won this town over in 69. The Chiefs have won this town over since the day they got here. Yes, there's down seasons where people lose interest, but they don't ever lose their faith and their love. Um, I think somebody said that you can always find someone who's from Kansas City because they wear their stuff everywhere they go. Oh, yeah, it's like a tourist town. When I went to Portland, Oregon in the spring, I took a Royals hat and I took a, I think I wore the St. Patrick's Day Mahomes shirt that we got at the station. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wore that. And everywhere I went with those two things on, people were like, Kansas City. Or they would say, hey, Patrick Mahomes. I'd be like, thank you very much. Yes, absolutely. And the thing I think that fits this town with this team is that, one, you're going to want somewhere where they're going to be embellished and loved and embodied immediately. You have to have that. Now you also have to have a winning franchise that helps too. You look at the Vegas Knights. I mean, they were in the NHL playoffs and the finals in the Stanley cup right away. So, I mean, that's just kind of an anomaly when it comes to that sort of sport or that sort of uh, momentum push. I think it works. You have a, you have a facility it's downtown they are building in downtown. Kansas City is trending. It would take this from a 30, what, 33, 32 sports market, probably up to a top 25, maybe 28, 20, yeah, somewhere close, around yeah, there. Probably close there, yeah. And then you've got that going for you. Um, you do have a very popular team in the Chiefs, so there is some worrisome where the, where the, you know, the allegiance would lie. But if you want to know if this town loves hockey, now I know this is Johnson County. I know this is Kansas Go to a Mavericks game and watch how much love those fans have for a team that and a sport that nobody watches on the regular. Hockey would be embellished in this town. It's got a great area. You have a hockey bar in Riverside. You have the Blue Line. There's a lot of hockey fans that are closet hockey fans in this town that don't have an allegiance to a team. You put a team in this place, you give them a home, you give them a fan base, and you lock them up. And all of a sudden, you think to yourself, well, if you're going to lose the Big 12, you could regain that with hockey games. And if they're a successful team, I could, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know where the Coyotes stand in the standings. I don't know what their legacy's like. I know they've had good seasons. But I'm telling you, if you bring a hockey team to this town, fans will fall in love. And if they become successful, fans will grab attention to that. They'll leech to it. And you can't have a successful business. And hey... As a sports figure in this town, as somebody who likes to talk sports on a radio basis, man, I'm all about it. Let's boost the morale. Let's get some more sports teams in this town because it's just going to make this market that much better. And then maybe, just maybe, we'll get our big wish, Chris, and we'll get an NBA team. Oh, yeah. That, that's the thing. If we can have an NHL team, we sure as hell better have an NBA team coming here. Like I said, I, I for me, it's just like, 
I can't get my hope in it because it's like every time somebody has some sort of of uh, issue with their arena, every time somebody needs a new uh, needs renovations on their arena or needs a new arena built, Kansas City is the bargaining chip. I'm tired of being the damn bargaining chip. I want us to be the destination. And it's like I it's hard for me to believe that anybody really wants Kansas city to be a hockey town. I, I do think there would be a lot of people that would support this team. I just have a hard time believing that the NHL would really put a team here. Even if it probably, they would probably be embraced here. I've been to a Mavericks game. It, the crowds get into it. And, and those are, those definitely are fun games to go to, but yeah, I, I'm just not sold that it's going to happen. Cause I just feel like we're a bargaining chip coming up next. There's one Royals player that I feel like is really starting to break out. And it's something I think we can build hope for for the future. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. And final few minutes of the first hour here on Big at Night. 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Just a little bit over five minutes till the kickoff of this Chiefs-Cardinals game. If you want to weigh in on this game, we'll take your calls. If you want to, if you want to voice any frustrations with anything that's going on in the game, which... If you are frustrated about anything that happens in the game that's not injury-related, you got you got some issues here. But if you want to talk about the game, uh, call in, or you can text it on the Jay's Southland Tow Service text line. Both are 913-576-7610. Dan is in KCK. Dan, how you doing? Hey, Chris. Hi, Dusty. Hi, good day. And how's my five-star tip today? So it's pretty good. Now, Hell yeah. Yeah. I, I like to see the starters uh, – pretty good in the first half and the defense you know pick it up and i've been hearing old dale doing some chirping uh, you go wait first game over we're gonna be taking let him be quiet like he did in the playoffs you know now i'm gonna ask you something uh yeah chris now did ken stefanski ever give a reason why kareem hunt he didn't use kareem hunt in that playoff game last year i don't think he ever did <laughs> yeah i don't think he i think his carries went down later in the game right yeah well, I mean, they were behind, yeah, right? Yeah, they were behind. Yeah, his carries went down later in the game, yeah. So, yeah, I know. And, and yeah, obviously playing from behind, but they should have. It should have at least kept giving him touches because he was he was playing pretty well. Yeah, he talked a lot of smack before that game, Oh, too. he did. Oh, he Felt was feeling himself. He was feeling Even though he's the reason why he got cut, you know, he was feeling himself after going into that game. That was pretty funny there. Because I don't think he had a touch until, what, was what the fourth quarter? Something like it was that. something yeah. like that. He didn't have, I'm pretty sure. I'll look up the numbers, but I know there was something like he didn't even get like really any action until like at least the second half. Yeah, because I think he got a, he got a touchdown. What was in the third quarter? I think late third. I think he got a touchdown. And he did the sleep. Yeah, and he was feeling himself at that point. But then after that, yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> so yeah, no. I, I I one thing though, Dan, don't don't tell us you got a tip. No, do it, man. Be don't, proud of that. Yeah, but don't tell us because oh. you know you got to report that. Nah, don't well, tell yeah. us. Don't tell us. Don't tell anybody you got a tip. Just slip that money in your pocket and just yeah. you know, don't let the. Because now there's evidence. Because if your store manager's listening, then exactly. Dang, They're like, man. hey, dog, you got to report that five dollar tip for tax purposes. I remember that too. Yeah, yeah, Kareem Hunt had six carries for 32 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> he, was, he was feeling himself. After and he that had touchdown. one catch for two yards, so he had a total of 33 yards. 
I'm sorry. 34 yards. 34 yards. And he know? had seven total touches. Man. Yeah. He was feeling it. Think, remember Arian? Well, not Arian, Arian Foster. Uh, what's his name? Um, oh, oh. Uh, running back 2019. Chiefs cut him. I know they traded him for Martinez Rankin. Um, oh, you're talking about Carlos Hyde? Carlos Hyde, yes. When he said the, he on was, the camera when he cussed really loud? Yes. They can't bleep and stop me. Yeah. He was talking trash in week five of 2019. And then he had like less than 70 yards in the play. It's like 63 yards in the playoff game. And he was looking sad. He didn't tweet at all. Even though he was tweeting a lot going into that game, he was all, he was dead silent on Twitter for like three or four months after that game. Like, it was so funny. He was talking all that trash. I'm telling you right now, if you're a former Chiefs player, you better be humble as hell when you play the Chiefs again. You better be humble as hell. You better say everything right. You better go out there and show the utmost respect because the Chiefs are going to gun for your head if you are not trying, if you go out there and you talk too much mess. And and, and Carlos Hyde was talking too much mess. Kareem Hunt was talking too much mess, and they didn't do a damn thing when they needed to. He did get, I mean, Kareem did get that one touchdown. But it was like a gimme. Yeah. It was like, like it was yeah. a walk-in. They got down the field, and he just happened to be in with the O that time. Exactly. 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 He just, I mean, it, it, that, that, that was more than likely Chubbs if he, if he would have gotten that yeah. carry. Yeah. I think this is interesting before we hit a break and before this game kicks off, James Palmer of NFL Network tweets out, before the Chiefs left for today's game against Arizona, Mahomes spoke at the Chiefs kickoff luncheon. He said the biggest difference offensively you'll see this year is how versatile they will be. Two RBs at a time, two tight ends at a time. We kind of do it all. You want to know? what the Chiefs, like, narrative is going to be this year. It's called pissed the F off, and we're coming out, we're trying to kick everyone's ass. It's going to be scary thinking about that because, like, I feel like the Chiefs are the most dangerous when they can just put any formation out there and, like, you, the defense is just guessing. Like, they've got, like, four receivers out, and they'll just hand it off and get seven yards out of it. You know, they've got two tight ends out, and they'll run play action and, and, and you know, get – 10 yards, 15 yards down the field from a, from a tight end. You know, like that's where they're, they're most dangerous at. Uh, when they can put two tight ends out there and they've got some sort of trickery in play, that to me that's when they're the, the very scariest because you don't know what to expect. I feel like with the, – and, and they're certainly going to run a lot of two tight end, three tight end this year, and certainly they'll run a lot of two running back this year. That's going to be pretty damn scary for defenses to have to game plan against. Coming up next – we didn't get to it this segment, but there is a Royals player that I think is is his emergence this season is something that we should all look forward to. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t